Apparently, Kathy Griffin, uh, what we just heard there, that was her apology for um, uh, posting a severed, bloody Trump head online. Uh, apparently, uh, Kathy Griffin, the so-called uh, or self-proclaimed in-your-face comedian, uh, uh, felt at the time, which was around uh, June 2017, May 2017, that the, the, the Trumps were trying to ruin her life. She was in your face. She was, she was she's in, in their face. face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and what you've tuned into, my friends, is another episode here of Comedy History 101. Where we school you in comedy. I, my friends, I am uh, your amiable friend, Harmon Leon. Hello. And with me, as always, Scott Kalanico. How are you, Scott? I'm good. Ich bin, ich bin gesund, Harmon, over here in Berlin. Scott, yeah. are, are, you, are, you, are you talking German to be in our faces? Yeah, that's, I'm, in, I'm like the in-your-face German comedian. That's my new thing. Ooh, yeah. in-your-face comedy. So, again, uh, what we just heard was uh, Kathy Griffin giving a teary-eyed uh, uh, apology press conference for... Posting a photo of her holding a bloody severed Donald Trump head. Which leads into uh, this week's episode on comedy comebacks. The history of comedians who have fucked up and then attempted comebacks. How do they succeed with their comebacks? Um, another another thesis, Scott, is um, should, should we separate the, the artist from the person? That's, that's a little quandary that kind of trickles through... Uh, Throughout this episode, mm. what's your take? Uh, it is well. It's a tough thing to do. I mean, you, uh, you know, this all this goes back to Aristophanes and and the ancient Greeks. Is, is it hard to separate? the frogs? Yeah. The play of the frogs the, who, is that he's the author of the frogs. Uh, Aristophanes. No, that was okay. I don't know. I thought you were talking. about I think that was one of his. I plays. thought you were trying to be an in-your-face comedian and talk about French people right there for real. <laughs> but the catalyst, the catalyst of this week's episode is Norm Macdonald. He has a new um, Netflix uh, talk show, which is being produced by uh, David Letterman. And he started making the uh, kind of, you know, the interview rounds, the talk show rounds to promote the show. And he caused he, he, he caused a Twitter firestorm this week, Scott. And how's that? What did he do? Um, he. I think it was a Hollywood Reporter interview. He he tried to defend uh, close friend Louis C.K., um, who penned the uh, the introduction to his book, and also Roseanne Barr, who hired him um, to write in the original Roseanne TV show. So so two people that are friends of his, and he tried to defend them, and it didn't go over well. It didn't go well over well. Norm Macdonald. Uh, he said about uh, in Roseanne's defense, I think we have to be more forgiving of people. And for Louis C.K., he said there are a few people that have gone through what, what, what they have. Uh, well, I guess this applies to both Louis C.K. and Roseanne. There are very few people that have gone through what they have, losing everything in one day. Of course, people will go, how about the victims? But you know what? The victims didn't have to go through that. Ooh, it kind of even sounds callous just reading it. Yeah, it does. You, it was, it, <laughs> what, what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, uh, actually, so that you know, it, it was interesting. I read the article, and he does bring up a pretty good point in that, you know, somebody, sure, sure. somebody can, like, murder someone and go to jail, and they'll get out of jail, and society goes, okay, you've done your your penance, you've, you've served your time, you've paid the, the price to society, you're out mm -hmm. now, so we... You know, as a society, we forgive you, so it's okay. 
Yeah, but is it the same when you're, I guess the difference is, did they pay their penance? What is their penance that they went through uh, uh, Twitter hate? Uh, jail? Who, the, the murderers or, or Roseanne? No, Roseanne oh. and uh, Louis C.K. Um, well, I think, you know, the weird thing is I think between those two, I think you're looking at two different kind of things, whereas with Roseanne... One is taking a man's life? No, no, no. I don't think they murdered... Wait, in the case of the murder? <laughs> I don't think they murdered anybody. Not that I know of. But, you know, you've got... Or, or the, yeah, well, yeah. they've killed people with their humor. They're with their comedy, jokes. yeah, like Kathy Griffith, <laughs> yeah. the in-your-face comedian. Um, no, uh-huh. it's it's like, you know, you've got Roseanne, which, you know, uh, issued, I don't want to say issued, <laughs> she tweeted something that was pretty racist, right? So she she did that. Pretty racist or very racist? <sighs> that We'll get into that. Um, that's what but that's, so, okay. that's, that's what she did, right? And no, then, go ahead, man. And, I don't want to stop your train of thought. And then you've got go Louis yeah. C.K., who was using his, although he didn't, you know, nobody said he raped anybody. But he was using his power in a way that that wasn't, um, you know, that, that that hurt a lot of people, you know. And too- yeah, and that power was whipping out his schlong yeah. in front of women <laughs> who didn't ask for it, and then going to town. Yeah, I mean, I think we'd all, you know, because you're you're kind of in the business, we'd all kind of heard, we'd all heard rumors about this for quite a while. Yeah, it was just like, oh yeah, Louis did that, uh-huh. and it was never really brought to the surface. It was just one of those tales that were told in in corridors. Yeah, I think there was in one of those articles in that uh, yeah, the New York Times. Somebody had somebody put together a timeline. That was in that Vanity Fair, I think. Somebody put together a timeline yeah. of all the allegations against him. And I do remember the part where it first came out as a blind item, and then Doug Stanhope said it was he tried to claim it as himself. And then people were going, "No, no, no dude, that wasn't you." I mean, you might have done that, but in this particular case, we're talking about somebody else. What Doug Stanhope said, like one of these incidents, it was him. Yeah, or, so when it first came out, when it first ran, like when it first came to the public knowledge, it ran as a blind hmm. item. And Gawker, no less. You know, the thing about Louis C.K. And that's when, this is like 2012, I think, 2013. And then uh, Stanhope came out and said, oh, that was me. You know, that, that's, that's items about me, and I admit it. And then people on his site were commenting, like, no, Doug, that's not, that wasn't you. That was, you know, Louis C.K. And that's how the secret kind of started getting out. I see, I see. But um, I think, you know, just um, circling back and why, uh, so going back to what Norm McDonald said, um, so do you believe that, uh, so again, this happened in 2017 uh, with Louis, I mean, it, it, it was ongoing since like, you know, at least in that New York Times article documented back to 2002, you know, chances are if, if it's coming out in 2002, it probably, you know, happened way before that as well. It didn't like 2002. I don't think Louis C.K. thought, um, you know what I'm going to start doing here in 2002? Uh-huh. Uh, so, you know, chances are, you know, yeah, yeah. So chances are before that, uh, that, that happened, but, uh, you know, it came out in the New York times in, uh, 2017. And I guess it has been only eight months or 10 months. Um, uh, uh, this past, this past August, was it August or July? uh, I believe it actually wasn't even a month. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so then he 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 did a fifteen minute set at the Comedy Cellar, and the Comedy Cellar, of course, made famous in the opening credit scene of the now defunct uh, Louis TV show. So, uh, going back to what Norm Macdonald said, has he paid his penance? I, I you know I I would. And what would, what would be paying that penance be? Just being ostracized? Yeah, I mean exactly. I don't. I'm not. I, I wouldn't know what to uh, how to uh, punish the dude. You know, I mean. Yeah, it's like, how do you separate the artist from the from the material? I mean, you would think you would think that he himself would have wanted to lay low a little longer. I mean, I guess I could understand if he was like a working. I mean, you know, he's a comedian, but he's also you know he's got all these other plates on the table. You know, he's making money off his. He kind of like structured that whole new way of doing things where you know artist was able to make more money but he could offer he offered stuff directly on his website so you would like to think that he's income wise he's okay it's not like he needed the oh yeah the, income wise he's set yeah. i mean he's probably a very very rich man yes yeah, so um, you would have thought that maybe he would have just uh you know taken a break or something you know that would have been the uh um smart thing to do maybe 
Yeah, exactly. So um, I, I have some thoughts on that, but just um, just to circumvac and then we'll, 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 we'll bring us back to this point we're talking about. So then as soon as that New York Times uh, article happened, uh, he came out with an apology. Um, I believe like two days later, I said he just said uh, these stories are true. At the time, I said to myself, what I did was OK because I never showed a woman my dick without asking first, which is also true. Mm-hmm. Um, he went on to say in the apology, I wielded power uh, irresponsibly. And he said, I have spent my long and lucky career talking and saying anything I want. I will now take a step back and take a long look or long time to listen. So this this spins back to what you're saying. So did he take a long step back? Like eight to ten months. I think, is that a long I, enough I think step he back? Could, well, I think that was kind of my point. Was that like he doesn't really need the money, and, and like if he was a working comedian that needed to be out there again, like understand it. But like he could have laid low for a while, you know, and just he didn't. He, 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 yeah. So again, I, uh, I guess it goes back to he was uh, wielding his power irresponsibly. Uh, yeah, I mean there were there's some, well there were people at the comedy store who were mad because they comedy seller comedy seller yeah that they that he didn't um, he just kind of showed up and went up and they didn't have a chance to like you know leave the show or prepare themselves for you know his presence. Yeah, he was like a, a surprise dropping guest. But according to like, you know, stories, I think a New York Times story or, or the New Yorker, um, he was given a standing ovation right, when yeah. he, he turned up at the Comedy Cellar. Yeah, so, so again, it's like Norm MacDonald said, uh, uh, you know, something to the fact that getting a standing ovation for dropping in at the comedy club less than a year after admitting sexual misconduct tells you all you need to know about uh, how society applauds. Oh, no, he didn't say that. This is a, a female comic who said how society applauds powerful men for doing less than the minimum of decency was one of the back uh, lashes he got from female comedians. Um, but you know what I found about that was, um, yeah, he got a standing ovation, which also makes you think that, uh, you know, his comedy was all this whole time, like, really kind of bro kind of geared towards. Uh-huh. Um, but it also just... Uh, uh, what he didn't do in his set was acknowledge what he did, which in a sense would make it sort of interesting mm-hmm. and like he's repented for uh, what he did. Uh, but, you know, he was doing like jokes about rape whistles and stuff. And again, I wasn't in the room, so I can't really I don't want to be like one of those people that take like a Tracy Morgan act and read the transcripts of his routine mm-hmm. out of context. But, uh, you know, he didn't take the time to address, uh, you know, what happened. And, and I've had a similar situation where that with um, – um, who's the dude from uh, uh, Silicon Valley? Uh, what's his fuck? Oh, the, um, the main dude. Yeah, yeah. So I did a show with uh, T.J. Miller like the week after he was arrested for being drunk on a train and calling 911 on someone. Okay. And he was like, you know, uh, just because he was like – fucking wasted right. on the train and he got arrested for that and so within that week I was doing a show with him in New York and uh, you know I thought oh this is this set's gonna be interesting because uh, there's kind of a lot of crazy fucked up things going on in this man's life and like all he did was just jokes about smoking weed you know and hearing like a really rich guy do jokes about smoking weed is like there's Really, nothing interesting about that. Yeah, well, I, I saw. And, and, and a week after he was arrested and also fired off of uh, Johnny Hardwick, another friend of ours, he said uh, that uh, Mike Judge said he was like trying to phase T.J. Miller out, right? Because he would just be a mess on on set. Right. So you would think, uh, okay, this guy's kind of a train wreck. He might have some interesting and interesting outlook. On things, and then it was just like, all right, it's just a rich guy, rich famous guy doing jokes about smoking weed. It's like, well, I guess you can smoke weed because you have a lot of money. Yeah, well, I saw I saw his, his <laughs> I saw his stand up special and wasn't too impressed by it. And I, I think, but I think the difference in that, like Louis C.K., who's like Mister I'm self introspective guy, you know, for him to go up and not do that, that's like. That's saying just as much almost, you know? Yeah, yeah, because he always, like, prided himself that he was, like, sort of a uh, feminist at heart. Yeah. Or just kind of looking out for the uh, 
underdog. And then, you know, it, obviously you got to mention something to diffuse the room right. of what it is. But, you know, it's again, though, it's it's a comedy club. That's the banner. It's not a speech club right. but he's, or an he, apology club. But you can do all that he, through comedy. He's the, I'm talking about masturbation on stage in my act, and which is the thing that, that you know, people that he kind of got busted for, and he doesn't mention that when he comes back he, to the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyways, I was I had a long like uh conversation with someone just like the other night about this that uh you know, all all the clues of everything horrific that Louis has done has always if you just look at his stand-up comedy, it's like his behavior is all right there in his jokes and his routines. That's not usually my problem. These days my problem is very simple. It's trying to find a place in my house where I can masturbate without somebody bothering me. And that's really difficult. There's nowhere to go anymore. She's got her mother staying with us too in the guest room and I'm on the streets now. I got nowhere to go. Like now I know when I see a guy in the West Side Highway jerking off in plain daylight, that's not a homeless guy. That's a married man right there. He's got nowhere to go. Fuck it. Fuck you. Go ahead and look, man. I got nothing. What else am I going to do? His jokes are like a large part about just having really inappropriate sex with yeah, people. Yeah, well, I think that kind of kind of <laughs> it came to the, to the head where like all this came up when he he premiered that movie that I Love You Daddy movie at Toronto, which was about a year. So that was a year ago. That was about a year ago. Yeah, which was about like a Woody Allen type <laughs> uh, movie director yeah. having sex with his underage daughter. Yeah, so. <laughs> Yeah, and then he had that thing when he hosted Saturday Night Live. He had this bit about pedophilia that was like, it was like, uh, you know? Yeah. It wasn't, he's like, I, you know, I know this is wrong, but, you know, pedophilia must be so good. Yeah. That, you know, just like people would risk going to prison. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. But it was like, all right. Oh, oh, he's doing the, as we say in the business, the edgy, edgy comedy. comedy. He's like the Kathy Griffith. The, ed- the Kathy Griffith of, of male comedians. Yeah, so then it brings to this point where, okay, so obviously if he's up on stage at the Comedy Cellar, you know, last month, he's obviously in his mind thinking comeback, right? Right. If he makes a comeback, does does that mean to appease this new era, he has to completely change his style of comedy? Or he keeps the style of comedy, which is all about really inappropriate sexual encounters. Yeah. <laughs> so, which was just, you know, he was, he was saying on stage what he was actually doing behind closed doors. Hotel doors. Right, yeah. <laughs> so he's just kind of letting people know what he was up to. Yeah, exactly. And on his TV show, and, and I, I don't know, I didn't see that movie. I, I think it's up on uh, Pirate Bay. Oh, I'm sure it's somewhere. Is that your girlfriend? Oh, God. No, that's my daughter, China. <laughs> oh, wow. She's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, it's like, okay, so if he comes back, does, you know... What, what people love was like, oh, my God, I can't believe he said that. Or I remember like back in the day, people would go, you know, he would be in San Francisco a lot before he got famous. And I remember a friend of mine saying, yeah, Louis C.K. is great. He says what men think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but but don't say out loud, you know, it's like, oh, oh, he also does stuff what <laughs> men shouldn't do oh, in public. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so then you would have like people like Michael Ian Black defended him, of course, uh, Norm McDonald defended him, uh, uh, defended him. But uh, Lori Kilmartin, who I actually know from San Francisco, and and she's a writer for uh, Conan's show. Um, she tweeted like, um, you know, being a I'll I'll just paraphrase like being a man defending uh, Louis C.K. is like how white people sound when they tell black people just do what the cop tells you to do. Yeah. I know. <laughs> You know, right. so you can't, uh, you could be a guy sort of defending him, but you don't know, you know, the woman's perspective. Right, what it was like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so anyways, I guess um, um, in, in closing on the Louis C.K. Uh, 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 comeback thing is uh, the owner of the uh, comedy seller kind of really regretted that uh, he, he turned up at the club. Hmm. Yeah, I guess that would have been yeah, uh, that would have been a tough thing for like. I mean, what, what's the um, you know what's the owner of the club supposed to do, tell you know just no, you can't go up or 
You know, that's that, that must well. Have... No, they weren't even there when when he. Oh, went up. okay. So, yeah. You know, you're you're the owner of the club, but then I think it's up to the club manager, right? Okay. You know yeah. whether you know because you, those are sort of the hurdles um, that you go through. So, anyways, uh, you know, we don't know how this will turn out, but uh, uh, Louis C.K. I mean, he'll be back in some sort of form, don't you think? Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, he's. He's ready to come back. I mean, it's just like kind of. A, I think he just kind of like uh, misses it a little bit. It seems like. Oh yeah, dude! If you're up on stage like every night and you're playing Madison Square yeah. Garden <laughs> and getting that adrenaline rush of uh, having Madison Square Garden, you know, laugh, and then that stops happening, yeah, and you're kind of sentenced to exile. <laughs> yeah, it is, you know, it's, it's like you're kind of missing that sort of uh, rush because yeah. it's like always sort of a big adrenaline rush. Yeah, it's always a, a thing that you're missing. Yeah, so so Louis C.K. attempting a comeback, made an apology. The results, you know, the the verdict is yet to be seen of uh, uh, how he will come back or if the public will accept it. And and we touched on this in the beginning. Uh, yes, Roseanne Barr. Another comedian who had a big fallout, uh, she tweeted that Valerie Jarrett, you know, an African-American, uh, was the product of Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes, uh, which is a very horrible thing to say, which in turn, in, in the course of a day, uh, she got her ABC highly rated reboot of Roseanne canceled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm still pregnant. I'm, I'm actually reading the the actual quote. The actual Twitter quote was actually, uh, "Mother Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes had a baby equals VJ." <laughs> I mean, it's just yeah. What would that even mean? I know, that just, like without being racist. It's so it's so fifth grade, you know. <laughs> yeah, but it's again uh, the thing with Roseanne that everyone says is she has like mental health problems. Uh-huh. Yeah, because she's always been Looney Tunes, but she went on SoundCloud where she had a thirty. And her apology was um, uh, uh, in a thirty-five minute conversation with Rabbi Bo Teach, I think, yeah. who was a friend of hers. Uh, she her her excuse was um, out of all this uh, was I thought she was white. I should have known better. I should have not done it, and I caused a lot of pain, and I know that, and that's the worst feeling in the world. All it took to upend Roseanne Barr's career was this single racist tweet about the former Obama White House advisor Valerie Jarrett. Yeah, said. I mean that's that's kind of a that's that's an odd one. That whole thing is like I mean like she's actually you know saying that that she she apologized to everybody too. She apologized to the the, the cast and crew of the show and to well, rightfully so, because she put and – and there's a, a friend of mine who's a female comedian in, in New York who just got a job writing for the Roseanne reboot. I think went out to L.A. and only to find out it's been canceled. Yeah. So she basically put all those people out of work. She put I, I would, dozens and dozens of people out of work. Yeah. If not hundreds, I mean, if you think of the far-reaching, you know, how much work a hit TV show brings to people mm-hmm. from marketing departments to, you know, publicity and and, and, and affiliates and, and all that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what more, what more to say. It's like, yeah, it was pretty bad. I mean, it was, um, I, think, uh, I think somebody, I can't remember one of those articles we were saying. It was like, she's, the one thing that she's still pretty... Um, She's still pretty left left wing esque, but she's also it's like you can't like you can't argue with her about uh, Israel. Like that's the one thing she's like pretty right wing on. What like pro Israel? Yeah, like pro, I mean, like, just like in a in a Netanyahu extremist. Sort there, of thing. and that was actually it was something about somebody said something negative about, about Netanyahu, and she kind of went off on a on a rant. I think it was in one of those one of those articles I was reading. Yeah, so that was just like the one. Oh thing yeah, Netanyahu can, is just fucking horrible. Yeah, it's like the one thing you cannot. Now, everybody said the same thing. It was like that's like the one thing you can't. You know, kind of. She's not left wing at all on on that stuff. She's just like super supportive of everything that Israel does. And Trump. She's supportive, yeah, so yeah, Netanyahu and Trump. Yeah, but she, I think she's. I think that was kind of. She was supportive of Trump because because he's so he's so pro Israel in his stance. Right, yeah. right, yeah. and um, which is very ironic because just today, did you see this? Um, his son Eric Trump was talking about Bob Woodward, who is Jewish, uh-huh. and 
he said something to the effect on Fox and Friends that he's just trying to make three extra shekels, oh, okay. which is so fucking... Oh, oh dear. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Very anti-Semitic. Right. He didn't, like, in the, you know, it's not mentioned that, but it's just, again... These these motherfuckers like the Trumps they they have they drop in their little co words right. that only like the alt right picks on up on like a dog whistle right yeah you know it's like yeah all right it's, it's sticking it to the Jew you know yeah I mean the thing is it's like why don't they just shut the fuck up yeah I mean it's just yeah just like keep everything to yourself and but the thing is about the the Roseanne thing it did seem she's pretty she was pretty contrite. With her apology, you know, what, 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 and I don't. I'm not as smart as you. What does the word contrite mean? Just to pull out. I mean, she was like, she meant it. She meant it for real, you know. Well, I think they they all sort of mean what. So she meant that I thought she was white. I I did not know she was black, and I copped to that. I, I, well, that was in there, and then like the quote was like, um, "I horribly regret it." Are you kidding? I lost everything, and I regretted it before I lost everything. You know, um, let's see. I've made myself a hate magnet as a Jew. It's just horrible, horrible. I mean, that sounds pretty. Like she feels pretty bad about what she said. We actually haven't. Have we, yeah, but how do we know she regretted before she lost everything? It was probably only two hours before she lost everything. Yeah. So it was like a two-hour window she, of regretting it. Well, what have we heard from her <laughs> since then? In her first interview since sending that controversial tweet, Roseanne Barr speaks openly with her friend, the Rabbi Shmuley Boteak. You understand why this caused a lot of pain. Yes, I do. You know, it just makes me sick that I that I did it and that it was taken that way. Does any part of you think this is the beginning of some sort of PR campaign to come back? I can assure you that from my perspective, my interactions with her, it has not been that at all. This interview she did where she apologized, and then I think she was on maybe Fox, where I guess, I'm not sure if she was on Hannity, so again, kind of stating the same sort of thing. So again, so how did so how did this attempt at a comeback, uh, you know, by you know going on this radio show and apologizing? Um, and I think she was on. I'm pretty sure she was on Fox. How did that result for Roseanne in her comeback, well, her comedy saying, comeback? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't think that's worth. Well, ABC uh, they canceled Roseanne, uh, but they're going to come up with a spinoff called The Connors, <laughs> where the Roseanne character gets killed off. <laughs> <laughs> How's that? How's that for a comeback, Roseanne? Yeah, so Roseanne, your comeback might involve you being a ghost. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, or, or, or a future episode where uh, the Connors wake up and, and all Roseanne's cooking eggs and it's all a dream. Yeah, all, maybe exactly. that'll be it when they finally accept her apology. Yes, exactly. So our, our, our next comedy comeback, uh, we, played the, we played a clip of this up front, was uh, in May 2017, Kathy Griffin, uh, the edgy comedian... Who's, who's always in your face. Uh, Sometimes people want, you know, a joke that's out there and a little crazy. So regarding the image that I participated in, that apology absolutely stands. I feel horrible. The, she took a photograph, uh, or she not didn't take a photograph. She had an elaborate um, uh, photo session, rented a studio, built a bloody Trump head, and, and took a photo of her holding up a fake, bloody, severed head of President Trump. Yes. So uh, th- I guess the joke there was uh, she was playing off of uh, the reference Trump had with uh, then Fox News anchor Megyn Kelly during the presidential primary where he said uh, he, Trump was quoted as saying, uh, there was blood coming out of her eyes, blood coming out of his Wherever, you know, mm-hmm. uh, which, first of all, not a nice thing to say about a woman, right. you know, who is angry, especially when you are running for president. Mm-hmm. The firestorm over Donald Trump's attack on Fox News anchor Megyn Kelly is getting even hotter. Trump was furious with Kelly over her questions in last week's great debate and said this. You could see there was blood coming out of her eyes, blood coming out of her, wherever. She was off base. So she, Kathy Griffin thought uh, she would play off of that and, and, and did this elaborate photo session uh, with a very famous 
uh, celebrity photographer whose name I didn't write down. So, but I, you know, you can Google these things. We don't have to provide all the information for you. Um, and, and Scott, how how did the backlash? What 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 happened with that? Well, Harmon, you know, it, what was the it turnout? It just so happens that I uh, that you and I happen to run another podcast called uh, "This Is the President," where you can hear on iTunes, Stitcher, Last FM, and everywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. Which we do nothing but talk about presidents. Um, and here's the thing: ah. is that I think maybe it, it's just like Kathy Griffin. Kathy Griffin wasn't making fun of just Trump, which would have been different. She was actually kind of threatening the president of the United States, and that's kind of the job of the Secret Service to kind of investigate that stuff. So uh, just not, not a lot of forethought on her her part, and it wasn't like people were out to get her or anything. It was just like, dude, you threatened the president of the United States as a whole. You know, there's a whole department. That's their whole job is to protect yeah, him. Yeah, but, but I, would, I, would ha- I would have to disagree. I would have to say there was plenty of forethought because, okay, imagine the scenario – she, I gotta rent a studio. I gotta, I gotta contact the photographer. I gotta have a, you know, a prop department build a severed bloody Trump head. I gotta make sure I got extra blood on hand if, in case we have to take many shots of this. <laughs> I, I have to look through a proof sheet. Yeah, I mean, she does. I'm just wondering if people are like, if like people were like forgetting that he's like, yeah, he's still Trump, but he's also he is the president too, unfortunately, and you know that's a whole nother, you know, that's a whole nother level. Yeah, which prompted the U.S. Secret Service uh, <laughs> to jump into action and question uh, Kathy Griffin uh, for for posting the severed head replica. So which is their, not which only is, that, then which she is lost, their job. Yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 and she lost her job, uh, like hosting CNN's uh, New Year's Eve with Anderson Cooper. <laughs> so she lost that job she had for one day uh, a year. Um, and she had her tour canceled because the theaters were receiving uh, death threats. Yeah, if, if, if she she that, but um, the whole take of that. So then she had her apology session where she was going, "The Trumps are out to get me. They're they're personally trying to destroy me." You know, and, and she made it all about herself, right. like she was doing this brave act defending, you know, crusader of America, and she was being the patsy. You know, because she was, you know, doing right. And it was in like putting herself like she was doing like a Mother Teresa-esque heroic feat, you know. But the thing was, and, and, and what she prefaced was, was like, uh, you know, it was meant to be funny. But the thing is, it, it, first of all, it wasn't funny. No, there was no, there was no <laughs> joke involved there, you know. <laughs> Yeah, she doesn't like mugging. She just had a blank stare and like was holding a bloody severed drum pad. Yeah. And, and and first of all, the joke itself, it wasn't funny. If it was funny, then you know we would maybe get on her side. Yeah. Not saying you know a bloody president head is is necessarily funny because all you really have to do is the reverse and go. Okay, what if someone held up a bloody severed Trump or Obama head? Mm-hmm. You know, it's. In that same genre of comedy, of or interface a blo- comedy, a, a bloody uh, <laughs> like t- Taft, William Howard Taft, President Taft. <laughs> no, that would be funny. That, 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 see, would, that would be funny with, with, in, a, in a bloody in a bloody bathtub, which he got stuck in, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or a bloody drunk Andrew Jackson head. Yeah, see, that, that's funny now because they're from the old timey days. Yeah, yeah, but the current acting president. Yeah, so first it. of all, yeah, not funny. Second of all, this. Uh, crying uh, uh, press conference yeah, where where, yeah. but I'm just saying uh, if if you initially thought this was funny, stick to your guns and defend your joke. Right. Yeah. So what you was know? the joke? She didn't yeah. even defend yeah. her nope. joke, yeah. which was yeah. You know, it's like if you're the edgy in your face comedian, as you say you are, uh, you know, just defend the joke. Right. Yeah. You know. And, 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 you know, don't be blubbering that it was a conspiracy to destroy your career, you know. I think you tried to destroy your career. So how, how did it go over? How did, how did Trump react to this? Uh, he got little, did he send out any yeah, tweets he got, or yeah, anything? He sent out some angry tweets. And, uh, so we have the, do we have the actual um, tweet here from uh, President Trump? Um, 
I think it is should be on here. Yeah. One sec. Oh, here it is. Okay. Do you want to read it? Do you yeah. want to go ahead? Go ahead. No, no, you do the Trump. Man. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, go you ahead. do it. You're better. You're better, Trump. No, I I, I don't see where it Let's is. So right just go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. All right. You ready? Yes. Kathy Griffin should be ashamed of herself. My children, especially my 11-year-old son, Baron, are having a hard time with this. Sick. Sick. Just one, <laughs> he only did one sick. I threw the other. I threw an extra one in there. Yeah, I think he did a good Trump okay, impression on that. Thanks, yeah, and uh, also, uh, just, just for reference, uh, we don't need to read the tweet, but also Don Jr. didn't like it as well. Oh, dear. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so how did it turn out for Kathy Griffin? Did her career tank? Uh, she went into exile. So I believe this happened in uh, May 2017. Right. Now it's uh, uh, September 2018, mm. just a little bit over a year. And she is back on tour. And apparently, uh, what I just read, she sold out uh, Carnegie Hall within 24 hours of uh, announcing uh, uh, that uh, she was going to be performing there. So kind of, it kind of did work out for her. Yeah, so she did an eight-stop tour. I know she played in San Francisco. Um, what? Just a footnote. Do you, you know she's edgy and in your face, according to her. Yeah. Well, if, can if, you if, even <laughs> can you even like paraphrase or name a single routine that she does or joke? No, no, I couldn't. I mean, she's actually. Yeah, she's like. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure she's probably a nice person. I'm a D-list <laughs> celebrity. Yeah. I mean, I think that's probably I think yeah. that's it. She's just somebody who just like really likes a lot of attention. I'm just to me, those aren't those people are just usually never that funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I've seen her do stand up like a long time ago, but again, you know, uh, she's been doing comedy a long time, but I can't even think for the life of me of, of a bit she does. I remember she's she's in Pulp Fiction. That's what she's got like. Really? Yeah, she's got like. No way. Yeah, because she's like her and um, Quentin were kind of. There was some kind of weird friendship between those two. But yeah, she's in Pulp Fiction. She's got like two lines in Pulp Fiction. Oh, wow. Did not know. Yeah, yeah I know Quentin Tarantino was good friends with uh, Margaret Cho. So, yeah. um, so I know that was uh, something. So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. But so, anyways, um, yeah. So her comeback. So now. She's going on TV shows and saying, I'm no longer sorry. Uh, the whole outrage was BS. The whole thing was so blown out of proportion. Uh, you know, she is regretting apologizing, which, again, that also is doesn't sit well. Yeah. It's so to what you were you were not sincere <laughs> when, you, when, you when you held that crying press conference. So I don't I mean, I don't get it, you know, yeah. really. It's just so crazy. It's Do you regret fun. saying that you're sorry? I do, because that apology was, I mean, I'm not kidding. I performed in Iraq and Afghanistan, mm -hmm. two places Trump has never even been and can't find on a map. And so, of course, because of my connection with the military, I thought of literally Daniel Pearl's mother. Yes. And so I thought, okay, obviously not very many people have literally witnessed that horrendous event, but when I thought of her, I thought, okay, apologize. Mm -hmm. And then when I found out that I was really just kind of part of the Trump wood chipper, mm -hmm. which Michelle Wolf is in now, and, you know, I didn't know. They had this apparatus already set up before no. my silly picture of a $5 Halloween mask and ketchup, and I wanted to make a statement about what a misogynist he is. And I, I mean, again, it's like, uh, stick to your guns of your joke, that it's funny, uh, and, but then you're, you're taking back the apology. So again, we, we, we are made to, uh, not believe you when you, next time you're trying to be sincere. Next time you hold the president's severed head in your yeah. hand, you know? <laughs> so I think, I think she should, if she's not, she should do it again. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see what happens next time. <laughs> so again, I, I guess that leaves us to, uh, for, for the closing part of part one of this episode. Yes. Uh, this is an episode was so in depth we can't do it in one part, and we'll do it. We'll be back next week with part two. Again, uh, you know, in more recent times, uh, Samantha B on her TV show, which I, I love her show. I love her show. Um, uh, it's in my regular rotation of you know uh, satirical political comedy shows I watch uh, on a regular basis. Um, she was making a joke about uh i don't have the exact old joke but uh she, i'll paraphrase it was about it was the time when you know um, you play the, the trump yeah we'll drop in clip here way over the line comedian samantha b going after ivanka trump using an extremely vulgar term listen to this let me just say one mother to another 
Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless <laughs> He listens to you. That's a C word, uh, incredibly offensive. Let me bring in CNN Money senior media reporter Oliver Darcy. So that joke, again, so that was coming out when, um, you know, Trump was basically ripping children away from their parents and putting them in cages. So on the same week uh, that, that that came out, uh, 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 Ivanka Trump posted a photo of her and her adorable child on uh, Twitter. And again, could you say, you know, is that... Does she have the right to post that? But I guess, you know, complete insensitivity of everything that's going around her and, and, and the backlash uh, and, and, and sort of the punchline of Samantha Bee's joke was uh, he, she called uh, um, Ivanka Trump a feckless C-word. And you know the C-word. I'll just drop in the clip here. Yeah. We don't have to say it then, yeah. so people won't sample us saying it, yeah. <laughs> Even in out of con, it's, it's the age of out of exactly, context. Exactly. So, of course, that caused an outrage uh, because Ivanka Trump was being called the C word, and 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 it outraged Donald Trump because uh, you know the only person allowed to call women the C word is him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> or that, or pigs, or or bleeding from every. Orphus and or or dogs, as he referred to uh, God as Amarosa. God damn it! So, what was your what was your take on uh, on that controversy? I mean, it basically, you know, it's just like it's because they use the c word, and it was in the states because probably in the UK they could have got away with it because they use the c word all the time over in the UK, and it's it yeah, really it's an adjective. Is, it was just a poor choice. I mean, because the you know you the. The, the joke it had some edge to it it had a point it was just a it was just they used this word that Americans aren't used to hearing and that just threw everybody yeah. like if she just have said uh, she could have said the b word they could the, she could have used that or just not even just use some other kind of you know not even explicit you know just some just dumbass or something something like that if you any other word and it would have just been yeah. you know it was just they, they used that joke to, to to jump on. I mean, this reminded me of something I kind of remind. It's not quite the same, but like, do you remember? This is where we don't get the pick on Baron thing. Is that this is back on Saturday Night Live when um, Clinton was president, and they did a couple sketches mm-hmm. where they had uh, somebody playing Chelsea Clinton right in there, mm-hmm. which. SNL came back and they apologized for it because they didn't. They weren't making. They were just kind of saying that she was like an awkward kid, right? Which, which they yeah. should they shouldn't have done. And they and they Saturday Live apologized for it, you know. And they were like, yeah, that was wrong because she's a kid. She couldn't, you know, she couldn't defend herself. She didn't ask. Yeah, and public. all kids go through that awkward right. period. And it's like, yeah, it's pretty lame to go. Yeah, yeah. You know? But whereas you've got this, where you've got Ivanka Trunk, Trump, who's in the White House, you know, actively, you know, taking part in the administration, you know, and then, in these decisions, yeah, in these decisions yeah. and then doing that tweet, you know, it was all, I mean, it's totally, but, but, but she, she just, she, she's in the white house, but she doesn't get paid. Doesn't get paid, dude. No, it doesn't get paid. Yeah. <laughs> Even though she's worth a billion dollars, she doesn't need no. the, Jar- you know, six figure Jarvonka. You know, paycheck. Jarvonka. That's what they're called. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah. And so it was just, they made an unfortunate choice to drop that word in there. Yeah, I just think, you know, again, the sentiments, you know, completely agree yeah. with. But I think if the punchline of your joke is the C word, it's just lazy joke yeah, writing I mean, because yeah. you could uh, you could think of a, something else that would hit just as hard, say it in a different sort of way. And in in yeah, to, to my thought was, yeah, that's just lazy joke mm-hmm. writing. Yep, you could have exactly. just you could have had those sentiments. And then because of that, you know, whatever. It caused a Twitter firestorm, and everyone, the whole meaning of the joke was uh, set to the side. It was all focused on, she called Ivanka the C-word. Right, yeah, which is, you know, this, this is a good, this is a good uh, counterpoint to the Catherine Griffith quote joke, unquote, that had no, there was no joke there. Here you can say, okay, here's the joke, you know, here's what they were trying to say, and they just made an unfortunate choice of the language. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean... Yeah, that's a good comparison because Samantha B had a point to mm-hmm. make where Kathy Griffin didn't had an <laughs> ill thought out. You know, it, it was like as she calls herself, it was in your face. 
And and, if, and again, I hate I hate and and this is very funny because and I just like so I interviewed Obama's uh, uh, head joke writer and and Kathy Griffin going out and and saying you know uh, it's a joke. I was I was I was just joking. Um, it's much like when um, Kellyanne Conway comes out and, and, and or Sarah Huckabee's like, and they have to tell the press corps that Trump was just joking. It was a joke. Mm-hmm. Trump was just joking. Yeah. Um, uh, like so, he just said uh, the Obama's joke writer said like, you know, if you have to go out and explain after the fact that it's a joke, it's not a joke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, if the, the the joke, the funny bit. Wasn't apparent, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so then uh, you know the the backlash was uh, so yeah there was a Twitter firestorm over that you know mostly by the right and they're like you know I think it was was it was it roughly around the same time as Roseanne they're like they're firing Roseanne but they're why are they firing Samantha B yeah, at all kind of, you know yeah. that was the well you know because Samantha B just used crude language while uh, Roseanne was doing. Blatant racism, exactly, is one of the reasons. But uh, yeah, so Samantha B again, and this is a little bit uh, it lowered my esteem for for the show. And she she apologized for for using the word, you know, but then brought it back was you know, um, um, you know, saying you know it was about uh, wrenching children from their parents and treating people legally seeking asylum as criminals. Which yeah, of course, and and you know the one bad word overshadow that but hi i'm samantha b you know a lot of people were offended and angry that i used an epithet to describe the president's daughter and advisor last week it is a word i have used on the show many times hoping to reclaim it this time i used it as an insult i crossed the line i regret it and i do apologize for that the problem is that many women have heard that word at the worst moments of their lives a lot of them don't want that word reclaimed they want it gone and I don't blame them. I don't want to inflict more pain on them. I want this show to be challenging and I want it to be honest, but I never intended it to hurt anyone. It's sort of like after watching that, her apology, it sort of diminished uh, sort of the, the comedic edge to the show. When I say that, I'm not saying it in a Kathy Griffin in your face <laughs> sort of right, thing. Yeah. It's just, again, I think it's, she should have just stuck to her guns, not apologized, and just said, listen, I'm not apologizing because this joke is, is, is about, you know, uh, wrenching children from their parents and treating people legally, seeking asylum as criminals. So I think that is, there's no reason to apologize yeah, for no, that Yeah, I think joke. this is a quote, so, so this is a quote that we had down here, which I thought was really good. It was, uh, I think, Samantha B saying, uh, as a woman, I thought, bitch, you do not post that picture of you holding up your Aryan baby on the same day the kids are being ripped from their parents at the border. You know, that's that kind of says it all right there. Yeah, I mean, or she should have said, said it in those words. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, that, she should have just said that. That, that, that would have been it. Yeah. yeah. Though I think I think that passage might have been from a, a, a Kathy Griffin article talking about Samantha B. I'm not. Really? I'm not clearly. Well, let's find out where yeah, that comes yeah, from. but don't, don't quote me out of context. Yeah, dude, you're gonna get, you're gonna just, just take the. I think that's from a Kathy Griffin article. Oh god, okay, so I'm gonna get caught up in a, I'm gonna the, get caught up in a Twitter firestorm now. Yeah, it's from a Kathy Griffin interview. Oh Jesus, okay. Oh god. All right, oh, take okay, that it's all right, dude. You're, you're, you're next. You're gonna, you're, you're the next one to issue an apology, know, dude. I'm gonna, and gonna have a comedian comedy comeback. I know, but then our, but again, then you know, the podcast will be like number one. Oh, yeah, we'll sell out Carnegie <laughs> Hall in 24 hours for our live show. <laughs> but again, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, just saying those words would have had the same impact of a of, of punchline than that, you know. Uh, but again, you know, like you said about the UK, it's like, yeah, you you hear on a comedy night the C word thrown out like water. Yeah, yeah. It's, you can, it doesn't you have can call, it, does, can, it doesn't have that impact like it has in call, the states. Yeah, you call dudes the c word. You know, in the UK, everyone's the c word in the UK. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I think with that, uh, we'll wrap up part one of, of uh, the history of uh, comedians who have comebacks, and and next week we're going to be back with part two where we cover um, one of the worst comedy meltdowns mixed with one of the best 
legendary comedy comebacks, which will be uh, first the, the, the Kramer melting down on stage at the Laugh Factory, um, back-to-back with Richard Pryor coming back after lighting himself on fire while freebasing cocaine and, and recording probably the most legendary comedy special of all time, uh, live on the Sunset Strip. We'll, we'll, so we'll, we'll, we'll also, one thing we'll, we want to be sure to discuss is the fact that he lit himself on fire and he was freebasing. Are they, in fact, related or are they not? As some ah, yeah. Yes. Oh, teaser, because yes. I, I know the yes. answer to that. Yeah. Yes. And with that, it's time to plug away. Scott, what do you have to plug away? Uh, plug away. Well, uh, Harmon, as you know, uh, you are one of my guests, or you are my guest on our other podcast. This is the president. Well, I thought it was a co-host. You're the co-host, right. Yeah. So you're, you're the, like, the permanent guest. You're like when... <laughs> Why do you keep calling me the you're guest? Like the, you're like when Steve Martin would get on The Tonight Show. You're like the permanent kind of like... Or Joan Rivers. You're like the Joan Rivers of the... You're more or less a permanent co-host. Uh, it's called This is the President. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Last FM, everywhere you find all your favorite podcasts. Uh, this past week, we did the infamous uh, Bob Woodward and... President Trump tape. We've got lots more stuff coming up. And of course, as we head into the midterms, it'll be even more exciting up and the cops are coming. Hold on. And as we head into the midterms, we're going to have plenty more presidential conversations, tapes, and fun for you coming up. So be sure to uh, tune us in. Yep. And for me, um, I think the next big thing coming up is I'm going to be producing a three day storytelling festival in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, Story Fest, which we did here in New York this past summer. It'll be three days of the best storytelling in North Carolina at the Pitts New Theater in Chapel Hill. So once again, I want to thank you guys for coming out. And next week, uh, yeah, we'll be continuing with part two where we touch on Michael Richards and Richard Pryor as as they both attempt comebacks in comedy. That's our Richard special. And with that, and, and with that uh, be sure to subscribe on iTunes and comment. And you can check out all our podcasts at wordsoverchair.com. And with that, thanks for tuning in, and bye-bye. See ya. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. The good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured the audience. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Comedy History 101.